Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everyone. Shep Hyken here back with another episode of Amazing Business Radio. It's going to be a great day today. We have an amazing interview with Jeff Robbins, who is the founder and managing director of Database Sciences guest insight and we're going to be talking specifically about feedback and the customer experience so i thought i would look through the ask shep questions and we're going to start with a customer feedback question but first i want to thank our sponsor salesforce who has graciously stepped up and helped sponsor not only this podcast but our blogs as well if you'd like to find out more about what they're offering just go to amazingbusinessradio.com and click on the Salesforce link. All right, let's get into it. By the way, if you want your question answered, just tweet at Hiken. That's my handle. Uh, tweet at Hiken and use the hashtag AskShep with a question and I will answer it either in this format on Amazing Business Radio or in my blogs or somewhere. You'll get an answer. Anyway, here is this episode's question. What do you suggest as the best way to get customer feedback? And I thought, what a perfect question since we're going to be talking specifically about customer feedback and the customer experience. So I just recently wrote an article, and I love what I experienced, and I had to write about it, and it was simply this. I was on the phone with American Airlines, and as the phone was about ready to ring, of course, you know, they answer, hello, this is American Airlines, and you get the automated response, and um, they said, or they asked, would I be willing to stay on the phone for a quick one-question survey about my experience? And I thought, hmm, I wonder what a quick one-question survey is about. Is it the net promoter score survey, which is... On a scale of 0 to 10, what's the likelihood that you would recommend us? Well, I decided I was going to stay on the phone after the call, and I was pleasantly surprised that the question was so easy. And it was basically this, and I paraphrase it a little bit. I didn't write down the exact words, uh, but here's how it went. Um, If you called back again, would you want to speak to the same agent that helped you? Wow. By the way, push one for yes, two for no, or, or something to that effect. A simple question that literally takes seconds to answer that basically grades the agent, therefore lets the manager know, hey, this agent was helpful or not, was a good experience or not, but what a great opportunity if that negative answer came in. And then imagine this, you go to the, I mean, it's it's linked to the specific conversation and a manager could listen to the conversation and find out where can we make this better? How can we coach this agent to creating a better experience? But hey, think about the simplicity of this simple feedback question. Yes or no? Did they do a good job or not? It's that simple. Did this particular person nail it? So when I was writing my article about this, uh, which uh, actually appeared, uh, as you listen to this, it will have appeared a few weeks ago, I I create a cartoon. Every week, I do a cartoon about the content of the article. And this time, I had a gentleman standing over a trap door. 
His boss is standing next to him, and she's talking to a customer. The customer has his hands over a button. One is red and one is green. And the boss is saying to the customer, this is Bob who took care of you. Based on his customer service, and and by the way, he's standing on top of a trap door. Based on his customer service, should he stay or should he go? (laughs) Kind of reminds me about that song by The Clash. Should I stay or should I go? Anyway, I digress. So I'm just having fun here, but I want you to think about the simplicity of a question like that. It's a pass-fail. Did we do a good job or not? Did we take care of you or not? Did this person uh, give you the customer service you expected and wanted or not? A pass-fail grade will give you a real quick insight as to what it is that you need to know about that particular interaction and opportunities on how to get even better based on that feedback, that simple feedback. All right, so we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we are going to be talking with Jeff Robbins, the founder and managing director of Database Sciences Guest Insight. Look forward to this interview. Don't go away. We'll be right back. If you like what you're hearing on Amazing Business Radio, and I know you do, then you can get much more of this information. All you have to do is go to my website, hyken.com. That's www.hyken.com. Fill out the subscribe to the shepherd letter form, and each week you will get an article that contains a business tip, stories, much more, all about customer service and experience delivered straight to your inbox. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to always be amazing. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio. I promised you an amazing interview, and we're going to talk with Jeff Robbins. Jeff, we already told him who you are, founder and manager, director of Database Sciences and Guest Insight. Now, Database Sciences was started in 1999, and I know that it was primarily B2B feedback. And then you started getting into the hospitality industry, hence Guest Insight. So we are lucky that you cover both sides of it. You cover business to business as well as business to consumer. So many of the times we're talking about feedback It's so much related to the consumer, and I often feel, not that often, but once in a while I feel like, hey, we're leaving those people who are in, you know, all kinds of businesses that really only sell to other businesses. We leave them out, so this will be good. We'll get everything here, so welcome to Amazing Business Radio, Jeff. Thank you so much, Jeff. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, we have a lot to talk about, and we're going to start off with a question that has to do with consumers, because I think this is a really important statistic or or thought that you have, and that is that consumers are better informed than ever before. So what do you mean by that? I agree with it, but tell our listeners what your thoughts are. Well, absolutely. Uh, Sure. So we are all walking around basically with the internet in our pocket. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, With smartphones, we have access to the web wherever we are. And often people are shopping and looking at the Internet and uh, doing research as they're shopping when they're in a brick-and-mortar store. Obviously, when they're online and purchasing things online, they're uh, usually either, again, on a smartphone or at, a, at their computer. So uh, shoppers have more access, access to more information than ever before. Um, pricing is, is transparent for the most part in, in, in for most goods and services that are uh, purchased by consumers. So in general, consumers are just better informed now than they ever have been in the past. 
And I think that's pretty much for any type of business and in the industry because um, I know that there's lots of review forums out there like Yelp and TripAdvisor. But I believe that every industry has its own version of a Yelp. Uh, it could be a bulletin board, so to speak. And I don't know if that's an antique type of term today, but it's it's a forum where people go on and just ask questions, post comments. I mean, uh, would you agree that it's? I think anybody can get a review or an opinion on just about anything? Uh, absolutely. There are, without a doubt, there are review or or it is a bit of an older term bulletin board systems that that exist i know i know back in the 80s i remember the bulletin board you and i remember them very well i was just a kid back then a young like six years old me too (laughs) um but yeah they've sort of grown up as we've grown up and they've become these review sites and some of them are specific to, to to certain industries and then others like uh, Yelp does really branch out into a lot of different things in, in addition to hospitality, restaurants, obviously. And then there's uh, they, they actually do cover services in, uh, in, in local areas as well. So you have some that are very specific to an industry and then you have others that are trying to um, capture um, a more uh, – capture a lot of different industries and, and sort of be a go-to place for consumers to look at reviews on just about anything. So it, yeah. it does vary a little bit. I mean, the other day I was looking to buy a guitar, which I did, and I wanted to buy this Les Paul by Gibson. It's a rock and roll kind of a guitar, and, and I'd been playing with them, and I decided to just do a little research online, and a forum came up. I mean, every question I could have possibly ever thought of, many I hadn't even begun to thought of, there they were for me to read the questions and get all the answers from fans and some that weren't so fanatical about the the product either. So, I mean, it could be anything, uh, really, from from guitars to hotel rooms to even business equipment within a manufacturing industry. All right, so one other comment about this uh, consumer being better informed. I think they're better informed not just about the product but about the customer service as well. Absolutely. And that's where that rating system and surveys come in. But but do you think uh, people in general, customers, consumers, whatever you want to call them, of any type of business, are they so informed that their expectations of any specific business they're working with are unrealistic? Well, it depends. Uh, one of the things that we try to uh, impart uh, knowledge-wise on our customers and prospective customers is the idea that Reviews are not necessarily always perfect. One of the things we talk about is uh, how often we we ask prospective customers and our current clients as well, how often are they looking at the reviews of their businesses? So in the hospitality space, TripAdvisor is obviously uh, probably the, the, the big one out there. So we're asking them, how often are you looking at the, the TripAdvisor reviews of your uh, property? And does it in fact reflect the experience that you're providing, or do you think it reflects the experience that you're providing? So consumers have to look at the reviews and try to make a judgment as to whether um, uh, they're accurate in terms of what they're portraying. And and some businesses just don't have enough reviews to really give a to, to really give a good understanding of what that business is is all about. So it's very important that businesses are constantly looking at the reviews and trying to understand whether the reviews are really an accurate portrayal of 
the service as well as the product that they're providing. Right. So a long time ago, I wrote up this concept that the service that we want to provide may not be in line with the customer's expectations or you know we we claim we give great service but the reality of it is the customer is seeing something different and i think that's important for everybody to understand just because you have put these processes in place and you think that this is what the customer wants if you're not taking a look at those reviews if you're not listening to what the customer is saying about you they're the judge and the jury about what you do and the other comment you made, and it just, I, I had to, I almost stopped you because you said, you know, are these companies looking at the reviews often enough? People, if you aren't looking at your reviews the moment they come in to determine if it's a good review or a bad review, because if it's a bad review, you've got to jump on it and let the world know that you're there to respond. If it's a good review, you should still do something in the form of a response. Maybe you just like it or, or you know, at least say thank you so that the, you know, this person who took the time knows that you at least acknowledged and saw this review. But, uh, yeah, I think that's important is that companies on a regular basis, as in daily, if not instant alerts that might pop up, watch their reviews. Absolutely. You said it perfectly. The, the consumer is the judge and jury. It, it doesn't really matter what you think you're providing. It's what's perceived by your customers. And uh, the, the way that we're doing, the way that we're seeing that now is through the online reviews. Hmm. And uh, one thing that you have to do is make sure that uh, not only are you looking at the, the quality of the reviews, say how many five-star if you want to use that, that term, but also the number of reviews, of reviews is important. Is it commensurate with the size of your business? Remember that shoppers are looking at, at you as a competitor. So they're looking at a competitive set. They're comparing you to other options that they have. So one of the things that we always talk about is, so let's say I'm running a, a restaurant and I have, uh, I know that I have 100 seats in my restaurant and I do 1,000 meals every couple of days. If I only have 35 reviews in Yelp, there's a problem there, right? I'm not, I'm not showing a representative sample of my customer base. And we have to make sure as business owners that the reviews accurately portray not only the quality of the service that we provide, but also gives, gives a sense for how established, how busy we are as a business. And part of the problem is in those types of businesses, getting people to leave a review is sometimes not easy. It, it's a little bit of work. If you want to leave a review, you've got to log on and go to your go to the site and whatever you have to do. There is a company. I'm going to brag on them for just a moment. The company is called Service Guru. You can learn more about them at serviceguru.com. Kevin Burke is their CEO. And I love this guy. He is so knowledgeable and passionate about customer service. He's been on the show before. He has this system. It's like um, it's like an iPad. It looks kind of like an iPad on a little stand, and it allows the customer on the way out to leave a review so easily. And and then you can decide the customer can decide whether they want to post it on a social channel like a Yelp or Google or whatever, or or not. But here's the cool thing: uh, the manager or somebody is listening in and gets instant feedback. If somebody's unhappy, there is a pretty good chance before they ever leave the premises that the manager or somebody can jump in and say, hey, I noticed you left a negative review. What can we do to fix this before 
you know, you walk out of here because I don't want you walking away unhappy. So it's pretty powerful. And uh, it, yeah, it is. It is, and it's actually something that we do. Uh, sim- uh, it, it's not exactly the same thing because we're doing things a little bit after the fact. But because we provide feedback services to businesses, typically we're making a contact after mm-hmm. uh, after the, the experience is over. But we're doing a, a similar thing. We're not only asking for feedback on behalf of the business, but we're also suggesting that they post a review. So we're making that – we're doing two things. We're reminding them that that, that opportunity exists, and then we're, then we're enabling them to, to get there easily. But, yeah, that's, that sounds like a, a great service that they're providing as well. How soon after the fact, as you call it, should a survey go out to a customer? Well, it depends. It depends on the type of business. Uh, so I'll give you an example. So in hospitality, it can be relatively quickly. Say you just finished uh, a meal, you go home, it's probably good to capture feedback as quickly as possible so the, uh, so the um, experience is fresh in the mind of, of the person who just... An hour them. instantly? The next day? Is there a, any... I mean, for a restaurant, I get it that. With, it should be quick. We try to do it within 24 hours in most cases. Interestingly, uh, in, in hospitality on the hotel side, we learn from... Uh, with a new client, we actually try to learn uh, from the, the response rate. So we'll test different intervals after a guest has checked out and see where that sweet spot is, where those higher response rates. Uh, It sometimes depends on geography. So if it's a resort and people are traveling a longer distance on average to that location, the interval might be a little bit longer. So we might want to wait two days. That might be the sweet spot. Give them a chance to get home and... and, Exactly. With a product, it actually also depends on what the type of product is. Uh, sometimes you're not going to use a product right away, and it might be more appropriate to wait a few days or even a week or more before you uh, ask for feedback about it. So, again, it really depends on the product, service, or type of business. Interesting, interesting. And and as long as we're into this uh, talking about surveys, do you believe in a short one, a long one? i got to tell you, I, I'm frustrated with my car dealership. I I love my car dealership, but I hope they aren't upset with me. I don't do their surveys anymore. They're always the same survey and they're always so darn long. They're too long. They're yeah. Too long. Survey fatigue. Generally, <laughs> yeah, generally too long. Um, yeah, before we had before we started this interview, we did talk about how long you and I have been in our role, in our respective businesses. And this is something that's been going on since I guess I'll say it, since the 1980s, before we were doing things on the Internet, surveys are too long, and they are still too long, and it's more important now than before to be on point and be short and sweet with your surveys. People have far less time in 2019 than they did in 1985 to, uh, to fill out a survey. So you, you, you're going to lose them if you don't keep those surveys short. Right. I mentioned in the monologue that opened this show today about the one question, you know, basically, should they stay or should they go? It's a pass-fail mark. And I thought, well, that's a real quick, simple survey. But NPS, Net Promoter Score, that's a simple one. Now, you always, I feel there needs to be that extra question, why did you give the score or what can we do to raise it one one grade, you know, one point? Um, you know, if you can think of one thing that would make it better, what would it be? You know, that kind of thing. Um, but 
Yeah, yeah, I agree. Net promoter score is a, is a, is an interesting measure of loyalty, or or uh, that you know that's what it, it's out there for, and it is one question. But I agree with you. Um, there, there there might be a, a place where something uh, where a survey could be too short, and you don't get enough information. So I agree with you that you do have to have some follow up. So you just have to find that uh, that sweet spot in terms of, of, of how much information you really need to capture as far as feedback goes, and then uh, balance that out, obviously, with the amount of time your customer is willing to spend to, to do it. So it's, it's trade-offs. I mean, life's about trade-offs, right? Yeah, there's, there's always that. So uh, we're going to take a break here, but before we do this, I want to make one comment, and I don't want you to answer yet, Jeff, because when we come back, we're going to talk about loyalty. So my feeling is we're looking at all these reviews and all these statistics and all the feedback. There's only one number in my mind that counts, and that is does the customer come back, and if so, how often? We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to talk more about this concept, about loyalty with Jeff Robbins. Don't go away. This is Amazing Business Radio. Good customer service is now an expectation. Don't provide it, and you'll be disrupted by a competitor who does. So what can you do to stand out? Well, that's the focus of my latest book, The Convenience Revolution, how to create a customer service experience that disrupts the competition and creates fierce loyalty. The goal is to reduce friction and be convenient for your customers. So if you're ready to take your customer service to the next level and disrupt your competitors, well, this is the book for you. To order the book, go to www.beconvenient.com. That's beconvenient.com. It's time for you to join the revolution, the convenience revolution. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio, talk with Jeff Robbins, and so much for us to talk about. You know, I, I made the comment, it's, it's the stat that's really important is does the customer come back? So let's talk about loyal customers, their behaviors, what goes into creating that emotion, and, you know, why it's important. I mean, it's obvious why. I believe, and tell me if I'm wrong, every stat and fact that I've read and every client that I've worked with says I'd rather have that customer keep coming back over and over again. Two reasons. Well, three, that they first is they come back. Second is they spend more than the person that's only come in the first or second time. And third, they talk about them hopefully positively, and that's why they keep coming back. So any thoughts you want to get into that? Because I think this is a big discussion. Uh, I do think it's a big discussion, but I think you're spot on. I mean, the, the two main behaviors of a loyal customer are, one, they come back, and two, they recommend you to others. So mm -hmm. for sure, uh, as far as lifetime value of a, of a loyal customer, um, I don't have those numbers in front of me related to different industries, but I would imagine that's true um, in, in many cases that – a loyal customer, a very loyal customer, meaning one that comes back a lot of times, is going to spend more than a first-time customer. Right, and not sure. not just over time, but each time they come in. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Again, it probably depends a little bit on the type of business, but that does make sense, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, what does it take to create that loyalty in your mind? Well, um, you know, there's a, a, a lot of things that come come into play. We talked a little bit earlier about. The idea that everybody has access to great information as far as um, doing research before making a purchase. So in a lot of cases, pricing, we, we actually have to take pricing out of the equation. So what is a differentiator in, in many types of businesses? It's the, the 
it's the customer service and customer experience that you're providing. So if you're providing a great experience, that is going to be a differentiator, uh, especially if, if all other things are equal. So, and the price, you got to get rid of it because if somebody is loyal to the price, that has nothing to do with your company. The moment you, you as a company, you might think, hey, they're loyal to me, but no, they're going to go somewhere else. Now, in today's hypersensitive. Hey, can I interrupt sure. you there? I'm mm-hmm. sorry. What I was going to say is it, it also, actually also depends on the type of business or the type of product. Like loyalty, we look at loyalty uh, in different ways. Uh, as far as strengths go. So I might be loyal to a certain brand of clothing, say, or a certain brand of car, an automaker. And that goes beyond just price. But if it's something that is just very much, it's almost a commodity, then I have to sort of take that out of the, the equation. The loyalty is going to be driven solely on price. So I could buy the same thing over and over again, but am I loyal? I'm, I'm probably not. I'm only buying it again because the price is, uh, is, is attractive to me. So a friend of mine's in the manufacturing business, and he says that his product has very little difference between his competitors' products. And he mm-hmm. says his loyal customers are constantly beating him up on price because he sells a commodity. Right. And his whole concept was we're loyal because they're loyal because of the relationship that they built. There's a trust factor there. There's a confidence. And really what that loyalty buys them is a second chance to bid. How do you feel about that? I mean, that's, that's, that's a lot different than what we're talking about, especially in the retail world. It is, yeah. I mean, in the B2B world, for sure, uh, commodities become very diff- difficult, and uh, there's there's probably a price difference where it won't make it where where it won't matter, and he and, and he he'll have the opportunity to bid, but ultimately the price is probably going to be the differentiating factor in whether he wins that business over and over again. But yeah, that's different. He, his service and the trust level is definitely keeping him keeping him at the table, but it sounds like in his particular case, that may not be enough uh, in, at the end of the day, right? But well, that's different. It, it than seems to be of. working, but I think that's, that's I mean, I, I've worked with uh, governments before, and, and I, I talk to, and I work with companies that sell to the government, and it's really interesting. It's so price-driven that they don't look at everything, but what's fascinating to me is that um, sometimes the loyal the, the, you know, when there's loyalty there, uh, the government will say, we are going to get bids based on the specs that you, the company who we love doing with, spec out. Once you spec out exactly what it is, put your price in, and then we'll go to others and work off the same specs. I think that gives you a, a leg up, too, in the loyalty effort. You know, that's another reason to try to drive that. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I think that if we look at it more on the consumer side, like in the B2C world, so let's let's look at restaurants that are uh, comparable restaurants that are serving the same type of food and they're about the same size and the price point is about the same and then they're and they're in the same geographic area. What's going to get somebody to come back over and over again? It's the, it's the differentiator. And what is the differentiator? Uh, again, assuming quality of food is, is similar as well in, in addition to the type of food. But the differentiator may be what the service is like when they're there, right? No doubt. I may choose. Yeah. Uh, yeah so, that, so 
the loyalty comes in when you customer service and the customer experience can be the differentiator to get people to come back over and over and over again. And again, because we have so much information at our disposal, um, a lot of times in, in 2019, I think that the customer experience is going to be the dif- uh, differentiator more often than it was, say, 10 or 20 or 30 Oh, yeah, years. And, and because uh, customers in any industry are acutely aware of what good service is. The case in point, and this is many years ago, when my kids were younger and they all lived at home, as a matter of fact, they were still in school, like grade school and junior high. Right. My son was nine years old. I'll never forget. I used to take my nine-year-old, my six-year-old, my three-year-old, the two girls and my son to school. Where do you want to go? What do you think nine out of ten times, if not every time, they would say they wanted to go where? To one of the fast food places. Yeah, yeah, the fast food restaurant. And which one do you think they chose? McDonald's. Exactly. You know what? They exactly. love the Happy Meal. <laughs> exactly. So, right. is it a, is it a better meal than what the uh, what the guy with the crown down the street offered? Probably not. But it was something that was a differentiator to them. So, yeah. You know, that's actually a perfect example of you know we talk a little bit about emotion and loyalty. So. Uh, what what was your your nine year old son looking for? He had an emotional, a, a better emotional experience at McDonald's because he got the toy with his meal, right? And that was more important than p- perhaps the paper hat down down the street, right? Right. But here's what happened. It's really funny. I asked where they want to go. They would say McDonald's. There were two McDonald's on the way to school. Which okay. one do you want to go to? And they always picked the same one. There was a woman there that was really friendly that they really liked. But one day I said, why do you keep picking this one and not the other one? And this is what my son said. Dad, that other McDonald's must be like a training McDonald's. And I go, what do you mean? He goes, well, I think they hire people. Then they send them to that one to get trained. And as soon as they're good, they put them in the other McDonald's. Wow. (laughs) And I'm thinking, oh, this is good. This is my son, customer service. All right. Exactly. (laughs) Following in his dad's footsteps at a young age. So we're almost out of time. And I always like to end the interview with the final question. The one thing that you want to make sure this audience knows about, uh, or it can be something new or something you want to reiterate, what would that be? Okay, uh, quickly. So just getting back to something we said very early on, and that the customer ultimately is judge and jury on the experience that you provide. So please, please, please make sure you're looking at reviews. And we have tools at our disposal now where we can get feedback ourselves. We we don't have to wait for reviews to come in. We should be asking for feedback from our customers with every single transaction every single day. There are economical tools out there. Obviously, our company does this. This is all we do. Right. Guestinsight.com, by the way, for those that yeah. are interested. And that will be in the um, show notes as well. The, there are others out there. There are soft, There's there are uh, modules to software that a lot of people are using in various industries that are industry-specific. The one thing that I should caution people on is to make sure the message about asking for feedback stands alone. You have to show your customers that you value their feedback. Don't say, uh, give me feedback about uh, your experience, but here's uh, here's an offer for uh, 50% off for next week. Don't hide it behind a marketing message. Right. You have to be, you have to honestly show that you're interested in the feedback. Thank them for the for their business and ask for feedback so that so that they know that it's important to you. 
I love it. And this is more than one thing. It's like two or three things. It is, but it's all <laughs> the same. It's all about feedback. The customer has the most important perspective on your business. It's the experience you're providing, and you must, must, must know what, they, what they're thinking about your business every single day. Right, and, and let me emphasize that many times we who are running our companies think we're giving this great service, and the reality of it is the customer has a different perception of what it is. They need yeah. to be in alignment, which is why getting this feedback and looking at your reviews and studying them and listening to what your customer is saying are so important. Jeff, thanks for being on the show, man. You've been awesome. Or should I say Thank amazing? You so <laughs> Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk with you and your audience, and uh, we'll talk again soon. All right. That's Jeff Robbins, GuestInsight.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, another episode has come to an end. I'm excited about next week. You'll have to learn more about that when you come back and join us for another episode of Amazing Business Radio. Until then, remember, Jeff Hyken here reminding you, always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.